Welcome everyone, I'm Bruce, I'm Greg, and I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 4, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, premiered on October 19th, 2006, directed by Kim Manners and written by Ray L. Tucker. We are. We are. Natural. Natural. <laughs> Friends. We've got our pal Greg. We've got our guy Bruce. They've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're going to spend some time with Sam and Dean. We're going to kill some monsters and break down a scene. Supernatural Friends. Supernatural Friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. If Supernatural Season 2, Dean, played in a garage band, what would he play? We had Sing at our lowest at 12%. We had Bass and Drums Tied at 22 And number one, our audience believes that Dean would play and shred some guitar. So at 44. Audience is wrong. That's the correct answer. Nah, what? Nah. Nah. What would he do? Drums or bass? No. Yeah, I like to think guitar, man. that if he had like a couple of beers in him, that he'd definitely be like the lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> right, but he wouldn't be good at it. I want uh, Billy on drums. Billy. Right. Dang it! I think I made up a, n- a name, guys. Who's the Who's the garage? The um, who's our new guy down Ash? at the dump? Ash. No, oh, Bobby. Okay. Bobby. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bobby. I think Bobby would be on drums. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean visit their mother's grave only to stumble upon a case of The Walking Dead. So I think four episodes in, we can officially say it. Uh, this season has actual previously ons. Yes, it's great. It's so much better. And this week made me realize how realistically they are grieving their father that um from the previously on it was like oh i remember that episode i remember that episode it was like one right after the other them talking about their dead dad where like a lot of shows it would be like two episodes away that they would just kind of forget he existed (laughs) so i thought that was pretty cool yeah i agree so this episode takes us to Greenville, Illinois, and we get to see uh, a girl crying, a guy trying to comfort her in a, kind of like a creepy way. Yeah. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> um, and then the angry boyfriend shows up and right away. Hey, who is that? I don't know. Is that what you want? Yes, welcome to our condensed version of Hey, Who Is That? Where we're just going to take a look at one of the guest stars featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. So, did you guys recognize him at all? No. Uh, I really didn't say Hey, Who Is That? So, our angry boyfriend, Matt, is played by Jared Kiso. Hey, who is that? Uh, Jared Kiso... Um, he's been in a few things, but most people would recognize him as Wayne from Letterkenny. <laughs> wow. 
good for him because I'm pretty sure he's a writer on Letterkenny as well, and they've won like a bunch of awards and stuff. So, yeah, good for Jared. Well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> we'll see you next week on. Hey, who is that? Um. So after the uh, angry boyfriend shows up, Angela disappears into her car and does the one thing that our parents always say not to do: drive upset. My parents told me that. I remember that lesson. <laughs> never drive angry. No. It makes sense. I was just never specifically told that. <laughs> and it leads to what could possibly be the most gruesome death we've had on Supernatural. Right? Due to, I think, mostly the fact that it wasn't Supernatural. Yes. We just saw a person get in a car crash and die. <laughs> It would be like season one ending with the boys dying. It was it was bad. But not even that, because at the end of season one, they were hit by a demon. This was yeah, unrelated. Just, yeah, it was just a straight up car accident. Here's a person yeah. dying. <laughs> yeah, that's what we got. It was a snuff film. Oh, my God. Yeah, season two is really gearing up to be. Way more gruesome than season one. The blood like dripping out of her mouth, like oh as God. they yeah. onto the razor. By the way, <laughs> is that pink razor? I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Such a sign of the times. I love it. <laughs> and from there, we meet up with our boys and find out that they're heading to their mother's grave, where there was a headstone placed uh, by an uncle that they've never met. I assume. I guess. Yeah, uncle on their mother's side then. Interesting. Oh, uh, that's right. There's another side of the family. I mean, I guess for Sam it makes sense because he was a baby, but like Dean was like, what six? Something. Whenever like their mom died, something like that. Yeah. And he even he had never met their uncle. Yeah, that's a little weird. What do you guys think of this argument in the car? Like, well, I guess there's there's a what side do you fall on? Because we know, in the end, we know that that Dean's whole reason for avoiding the cemetery. I mean, he, he has his own reasons for avoiding the cemetery, so it might not be the argument he actually presents, but what do you think about the actual argument he presents about? It's just a slab of granite. Uh, their mom's body isn't even there. I think it's fair. Um, like they have very different perspectives of their mom. As they should, because Sam has zero memories of her. So, like, I think for Sam, his whole idea of his mother can be put on this headstone. Okay. Where Dean knew her as a physical person and knows that there isn't the person he was attached to isn't even at this site. Man, I didn't even put that together that Sam. (laughs) (laughs) He had that scene where he. He buries the dog tag, which we'll get to, I'm sure, but buries the dog tags and talks to the headstone and his mom. And you you just made me realize he never talked to her when she was alive. No. That is a very interesting point. Wow. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with Dean, but you make a very good point that it's the only way Sam knows her. I So I'm gonna talk about it eventually. Sam was kind of annoying this whole episode. Okay. I don't know. Just, I felt, he felt over the top 
like yelling about things the whole time. And I think this was the beginning of it where it's just like, something's wrong with you. Yeah. And it's just, not, it's just, he just wanted to go do something rather than go to this graveyard. I felt that way uh, pretty much until uh, their interaction with Angela's father. Because, uh, yeah, up until then, it was just like, wow, you are reading a lot into not much at all, and you're dragging out this argument. So I see where you're coming from. I, I agree. Sam came off as kind of annoying, but like, and again, from Sam's perspective, like this has all been building, right? Like every single episode, he's been saying, Dean, something's wrong with you and you need to talk about it. Something's wrong with you. You need to talk about it. And this was just the episode where it finally boiled over. And yeah, it's kind of annoying. It took this long, but I think it's like the natural conclusion of where we've been going. I think it's kind of hard because we got to see that him attacking the car and that was kind of like the the release or the like the acceptance or whatever. Um, but Sam didn't get to see that or have that. So I guess that makes sense that he is still kind of prying um, because he didn't get that resolution that we did. Yeah, that's a good point. So while they're at the cemetery, Dean is avoiding their mother's headstone and ends up noticing a dead tree. Uh, did you guys recognize this tree at all? Uh, no. I had a hard time even like seeing what he was looking at. To be honest with you, it was it was just a dead tree. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's hey, the, what it's, is that? <laughs> it's the same tree from um, the Scarecrow episode. Oh, okay. Um, was it like the tree that they burned down, or like supposedly yeah. burned down? Wow. Yep. Interesting. Same tree. It's a prop tree. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> that they actually inherited from the exorcism, exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't think it was specifically because it's a prop tree, but the sound that it makes when Dean knocks on it, trees don't make that sound when you knock on them. Did, did I, was get... one, like, I was wondering if that was trying to portray how dead that this tree is. Yeah, yeah, dead trees don't make that noise. <laughs> Even like a hollowed out dead tree, it it sounded like he was knocking on a plank of wood. It was bad. I feel like the sound effects were a little, a little goofy in this episode. Um, even when she was driving the car, um, it was like, <laughs> and I was like, she is not. There's nothing that she's doing to that car that should be making that noise. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> the sound team was. Uh, having an off day or like this is what a tree sounds like definitely <laughs> uh that tree and that grave marker did you guys casey did you pause on the on the grave marker thing yes did you catch the date it was listed as 2007 it's a 12 slash 8 slash 07 the other one was 19 slash 09 slash 07 which because one of them was date completed, and then the other one was monument completed, and I don't know what the difference is there. I think that's the headstone. But there wasn't a headstone there, so it... Right, because she hasn't been buried that long yet. Uh, they haven't put one there yet. <laughs> but yeah, I don't... That shouldn't be... But it said there was, it was completed. That's what... It, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> All right, we spent enough time on that. <laughs> Anywho... So we had a summer vacation in between stuff. Plus a year. <laughs> Maybe a year or two. We don't know. Yeah, so Dean's noticing around the tree everything else is dead. 
and uh, starts to think that it is unholy ground, and he wants to investigate it. So they decide to go visit uh, Angela's father, the professor, at a local college. What did they, they just said that they were friends of his, right? Friends of Angela's, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that we've sort of not given up, but we've taken a break on just coming up with random identities. Uh, now, instead of like, oh, we're here to inspect the death of uh, blah, 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 because we're from the FBI. They're just like, we were friends. We knew her. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's sort of calmed down with the uh, the lies, which I guess works. I mean, you know, I I suspect it's ebbs and flows. I, I think we'll, because we'll, we had, um, she was for Bloody Mary. They pretended to be the dad's co-workers, even though he worked from home. And I do also enjoy that uh, we still get to continue going to the professor for <laughs> help. <laughs> Just conveniently, they're related. And while they're in his office, Dean gets a look at a, a um, weird book that turns out to be ancient Greek, which uh, the professor teaches. So nothing that weird about him having it. Yeah, I'm sure it won't come up again. So while they're talking to him, um, Sam is, I think this is like one of the parts I was most annoyed by Sam. He was just so against them looking into this case. Yeah. And I had a hard time understanding why. Because, I mean, there's been a lot of times where, I mean, they've even talked about it. They've looked into less. So, and I know he's worried about Dean, but like, just follow through on the case, Sam. My favorite when they were back at the cemetery and he's like, here of all places. And I was like, it's a, it's a graveyard. Why wouldn't you <laughs> look for something going on here? So, yeah, he's, he's definitely very in a weird headspace for sure. I found it grating. But in his defense, the whole thing with Dean and this was illustrated in the last episode is Dean is attempting to get lost in his work and, and avoid coping with anything and just working so when they had this little just for fun field trip dean suddenly stumbled on and it, dean was right um but at first it was like well there's a dead tree and some dead grass and, and dean is immediately gung-ho but you're right they have looked into less i i i, I could see where he's coming from but it also just kind of it was grating I did like during um, this fight between them that um, we get a little callback and Sam asked Dean if he wants to take another swing at him. Yeah, I thought that was great because I, I think slowly but surely we're getting to a point where if you just watch this episode, like you can watch an entertaining episode, but we're getting to a point where you, you're going to have references like that, that you have no idea what they're talking about. I like it. Because I think they even talk about like going back to the roadhouse, even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, it's just kind of a name drop for a second, and that's it. After that, we end up in uh, Wayne's place, and uh, we get to see him killed by a mysterious figure. For a second, I thought somebody was in the TV, and I was really, <laughs> I was like, what? I don't know what's happening here. It was a reflection. Yeah. <laughs> This uh I had seen this before, but I didn't I didn't remember this episode at all. So this uh so far I thought it was leading up to a repeat of a woman in white. And I thought that would have been interesting. And I don't know if they were purposefully leading that way, but she was wearing white and then she killed him. 
but obviously it wasn't. So you guys know how like sometimes when you're watching porn and you're just like sitting on the edge of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that scene? It was so <laughs> funny. Oh my god, I loved it. Castle um, Erotica 4. I mean, he saw the first three, so he just, <laughs> he's just got to see what happens now. <laughs> he's just binge watching at this point. He's in it for the plot. <laughs> um, And I love that Dean walked in and he knew right away what was going on. Awkward. Yeah, even though he's just sitting on the corner of his bed, fully clothed. <laughs> but yeah, he did rush to turn off the TV, which is... Amateur hour, Sam. You you gotta have a channel ready for recall. You know, you just gotta press the what's that what's that button called? La- is it like last channel? Yeah, or something? last channel. You gotta go back. And then they get in an argument again about why Dean's so gung ho about this case. And I really like that we went a, a different direction this time from Dean. Instead of him, he got offended, but instead of him just getting defensive about how he's fine, everything's fine. It was like no. He's getting offended because he really thinks there's a case here and he thinks that Sam thinks that he doesn't know how to do his job. Yes. I like that line because especially as the viewer, we know he's right and he does know how to do his job. It gets interesting later on, which we'll touch on, but that line kind of comes back to my mind later on. So with that, Dean convinces Sam that they need to go burn a body. (laughs) which just is pretty fresh. So it's just going to be a ripe, rotting body. It's got to be done. When they were digging that hole, I was I was very impressed. Like so every good. time I watch them dig a grave, I'm like, those are perfect walls, which just shovels. And they get to the bottom of that grave, open up the casket and find it to be empty. No right body to be found. Bruce, at this point, were you surprised at all to see it was empty? I don't think so, because at this point we'd already seen her. We know that somebody's out there mm-hmm. killing people, so. But you didn't think it was just a ghost? I didn't know what it was. <laughs> so it did. It, it's one of those things like, oh, no, I don't know what it is. But then, like, once it happens, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, it didn't, like, surprise me. <laughs> I still don't know what it is, but I'm sure it makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the body's not there because it is in Neil's basement. Yo. As a z- zombie. And my guy's just making out with it. Bizarre. It's weird that he like keeps her down there in a locked room, right? Like I get yeah, it, yeah. but I no, don't. It's incredibly weird. <laughs> I think it's also just like for me, it's mostly the decor. So I understand because my the first decor. thought, <laughs> decor. <laughs> yeah, because my first thought is like, well, give her a room, come on. But then like you know, people prying eyes, whatever. So like, okay, yeah, the basement. But that it just looks like like one step above. A dog bed, like it, I don't know how to describe. It. It's a real bed, but yeah, it's it's bad. But like if you if you trust her, why is it locked? Like why why can't she come out? <laughs> Was it locked? I I didn't remember. I th- didn't they unlock it when they went? Yeah, I'm pretty sure okay, it was wow. locked because yeah. she she went out the window. Yeah, yo, that's awful. I don't. It just feels we like I. I mean, there's nothing about it that's supposed to feel natural, but like they're, we're supposed to believe that they were like in love, right? <laughs> like that was the thing. <laughs> uh, I, he was or something. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, I, I love you, but I need to keep you locked in the basement. <laughs> yep. For safety. 
Um, so while the boys were at the, or they were in the coffin, um, Dean found Greek symbols in the liner, and that's what put them on to Angela's father, and that uh, he's been, they think he's been performing some Greek necromancy to bring her back to life. I love how specific Sam gets in this scene, and specifically calls the plants beautiful. Look at these beautiful live plants. <laughs> these beautiful living plants, yeah, and that's how they know that uh, uh, zombie Angela hasn't been there. We'll never bother you again. I was like, are the cops being caught on these guys now? Absolutely. <laughs> I also I liked so in this scene, Sam caught on that the father didn't know, and like you said, he pointed out the plant specifically as confirmation. But you could tell in this scene that he, from the father's reaction, could immediately tell that the father didn't do it, and Dean was the one who wouldn't let up. And this is when I thought back to Dean's line of. I know how to do my job. You think I don't know how to do my job. Um, where I thought I thought it was interesting that Dean was right in that scene that he knows how to do his job and he, he caught on the scent of this supernatural being. But another part of their job is interacting with normal people and not berating a grieving father. <laughs> and so like in that way, he... he was doing a poor job. Um, so I thought that was like a really interesting contrast. Yeah, and I think this part is the first time that the line we'll hear many times throughout the rest of the episode comes up of um, what's dead should stay dead. Oh, yeah. Which we later find out is tied very much into all these emotions that Dean is secretly feeling right now. Yeah, because this was definitely a... He transitioned like his emotions so fast from the last scene to this one like he was kind of like meh but when we got to dad's house he was just this completely different character um and so like i think we're supposed to believe that he wasn't able to truly do his job the correct way because the emotions were kind of like overtaking him at that point um also, Sam's, I think, notorious at this point to being able to talk to a person a little better without <laughs> absolutely <laughs> without getting them angry. <laughs> so Dean's good, but Sam's definitely better at like the nice approach. This scene with the with the plants also, I mean, I could be like a complete idiot for just realizing this, but uh, you guys can let me know. Um, there's, and it's happened in the past too, but like there's lore that is added to this show just for the boys to know whether or not they're on the right path. And I just think that's cool. That's the first time I've noticed. Yeah, that's all it is. It doesn't do anything but let them know that she's been around. Yeah, like the dead plants in this one. Um, in the clown episode, we talked about how they talk about this bed of insects that the... Um, Rakshas, the, the Worcestershire would sleep on, um, which we never actually get to see. But like, that's how they're supposed to know whether or not they found the right person. Um, and I'm sure it's happened a bunch throughout season one that I just never even caught on to. But I, I just think that's like good writing. Yeah, I mean, it can be. We'll see, because if we have further zombie resurrections that don't have dead plants, Unless there's a specific reason for why, then that's bad writing. Right. 
Yes, consistency will be the key. Consistency is key because much like in season one, when we smelled sulfur, the one and only time we have ever smelled sulfur, <laughs> it's like, well, okay. They, they knew they were on the right track because of the sulfur, but then it never happened again. Or no, no, um, not sulfur. Ozone. O- ozone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was ozone. So after this, the boys are discussing zombies and the best way to kill one. Greg, what do you, what do you know about zombies? Casey, what I know about zombies is what everyone knows about zombies because there's so many variations of zombies. But I'll tell you some quick blurbs I found on Wikipedia. <laughs> the term comes from Haitian folklore in which a zombie is a dead body reanimated through various methods, most commonly magic. One of the first books to expose Western culture to the concept of the voodoo zombie was The Magic Island by W.B. Seabrook. Who is W.B. Seabrook, you might ask? William Bueller Seabrook was an American occultist, explorer, traveler, cannibal, and journalist. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta put that just kind of in there. That's just in there. (laughs) Buried the lead. Yeah. Actually, I'm not even sure where it came from, but he's a cannibal. Seabrook had a lifelong fascination with the occult practices of Satanism and Haitian voodoo. Uh, So in his book, The Magic Island, it is a sensationalized account of a narrator who encounters voodoo cults in Haiti and their resurrected thralls. If you ever get a chance to read the zombie survival guide, um, (laughs) it it actually goes into a pretty good excerpt about uh that um interaction that he had or whatever uh so it's a pretty cool uh uh, i don't know it's a pretty cool story about about how it looks when they resurrect and you know first witness eyewitness accounts quote quote um but if you have a chance definitely check it out i will do that bruce do you know how to kill a zombie I do not. Why don't you tell us, Greg? I, I don't know. I was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe in the zombie survival guide. It does go for the classic uh, headshot kill. Um, so you know, killing the brain kills the the reanimation. I definitely really like zombies. Um, just the idea uh, uh, of them um, is really exciting. So I'm, I was glad we got to experience them. Um, it's not exactly, definitely not our standard zombies. So I'm glad they brought up the fact that like, oh, it's not a Romero zombie. Um, you don't just shoot in the head. And I'm glad our Sam, our boy Sam actually tried it. That was awesome. It was uh, really cool. <laughs> um, but I mean, in general, uh, through media, even as well as our history books and um the zombie is never one thing. Like it's always, you know, maybe it's a little faster, maybe it's a little stronger. You kill it differently. I think even different zombie movies have a different way of killing them. Like they said, uh, you know, I think they even brought up, did they bring up fire? They said burning mm-hmm. them, uh, you know? So, I mean, it's, it, I can understand why you had a hard time finding a true way to kill them and h- how they did. Because I mean, even in our general movies, it's, it, there's not one way. Kind of like our vampires that we saw earlier. Yeah, Bruce, that's just what I was going to touch on. I like. I think we've hit a point where we need to come up with a term for 
what Supernatural is doing with these popular monsters. Because um, they're obviously trying to subvert expectations and be different from everything else whenever they bring up these really popular monsters. Like, they completely changed vampires. Um, these zombies are very different than the normal that we get to see. Um, and I have a feeling like this won't be the last time that we see a popular urban legend that is nothing like we've seen before, which I enjoy. I don't know about you guys, but like I, I like seeing a twist on a familiar story. Absolutely. I mean, especially like if we're talking about vampires, even like you have the same exact you know, story every single time, it does get a little bland. So it is fun that they give that little twist usually. Oh, you know, that's, it's not like it is in the movies, you know. And I like that they, um, they end up deciding that the best way to try to kill the zombie is going to be to um, nail it into its grave bed. Oh, man. Which they <laughs> uh, talk about is probably where the vampire lore of staking it in the heart came from. Um, is from zombies because this version of a zombie and like a classical version of a vampire that we've seen in like Dracula or something where um, they like sleep in their coffin and rise from the grave are very similar. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like overlap in the lore that we're seeing here. That's kind of cool. That's a cool idea because it's almost like because all of these legends have been basically passed down through uh, through word of mouth. So you can definitely see like oh, was this a vampire or was this a zombie? Like that, I'm sure that lore just gets all tangled up when you're just talking about random people. And that's exactly the problem that the brothers run into is Sam straight up says that there's way too much lore about uh, what they call the walking dead and how to kill it. So they do mention um, a few that have said silver, some have said fire, (laughs) decapitation, everything. What is it? Giving their heart to wild dogs? Feeding, yeah, yeah, feeding their hearts to a wild dog. <laughs> um, My personal favorite. Uh, but they decide to go with uh, silver bullets for their first round. I could call. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty general weapon for many of the things we've fought so far. So it doesn't hurt anything. Uh, so then we get to see Lindsay at home, and uh, Angela sneaks up on her and attacks her and says, "Hi, Lindsay. I'm home." Pretty creepy. Before uh, Lindsay knocks her down, and uh, she ends up stabbing herself with scissors. What? What? What was that? What? How did that even happen? I don't. Lindsay thought she was dead for so long that I thought it was just going to turn into an almost comical episode of the boys helping her dispose of an already dead body. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, she kicked her she, leg out. Yeah, she kicked her leg. But I yeah. thought she broke her leg. Like I thought that was the. <laughs> it sounded like it. There yeah. was a crunch. There's our sound guys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure later we get to see that Angela was able to heal pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe it was initially broken. That's but, fair. Yeah. And then this is when the the boys come in to save the day with their silver bullets that end up just kind of stunning her, hurting her a little bit, but they don't kill her. So I talk about Power Rangers a lot. I'm going to bring it back in. In the f- initial episodes, um, Zordon gives the Power Rangers, like, their side weapons. So, like, we're talking, you know, the blasters and, you know, their weapons. And in in those episodes, they always get them... It, those weapons are useful, and they beat the villain by using those weapons. Every episode after that, they don't do anything. 
And I feel like that's where we're getting with Supernatural. So, like, we talk about shooting salt. We talk about burning bones. We talk about uh, shooting several bullets. And I think we've gotten to the point where, like, that wouldn't be an interesting story if salt killed our uh, our villain or if the silver bullets actually just killed them. Like, we've gotten to the point where, like, the basic weapons are no longer fun. So I, I'd be curious to see more of that in going forward. They shot it with silver bullets, yeah. And... Uh... Silver ain't it, so they decide to try the next thing of uh, nailing her into her grave bed. Metal. So they go to confront Neil, because that's where they think she'll be. Is, uh, or Neil will at least know where she is. Dean uh, catches on pretty quickly to the fact that Angela's actually there, and I think he, he makes a good play there by making up this fake story about how they have to perform this ritual at the gravesite to try to lure uh, Angela there. Yeah, he really read the room much better than he did with the father because not only did he know she was there, he immediately understood that Neil was more or less under duress and at some level did want to help them or did want her gone. Rest in peace, Neil. (laughs) Yeah, what a neck snap. That was rough. He tried so hard. He was... Did he? I mean, he was just going to his get his get the car, and she killed him before he got to the car. I don't know. So. I I mean, the guy should have just left with them, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a weird play on theirs, though. Like, I guess, okay, never mind. But it was, I guess, the whole idea was to make sure that she came to the graveyard. But I was like, now you're gonna leave this guy there that you think is in danger. I was expecting them to at least like save him before he got killed by her. Like I thought they were gonna yeah, be there. Like, I thought one of them might have stayed behind to, yeah, pull him out, but then still go to the graveyard with their initial plan. Nope, 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 nope. He dead. Snap. <laughs> Do you think she drove there? Yep. I guess. It seems like she's just a normal person, just dead. I don't know. I just like if you died in a car crash <laughs> and were brought back to life, would you be afraid to drive? Is she afraid of dying at this point? Can she, it can sounds she die like because <laughs> the whole point is that she's going there because she doesn't want to die. And especially because if she drove there, she would have been driving while upset. And <laughs> we've already determined you're not supposed to do that. Did, well, she didn't drive. She didn't park anywhere near the graveyard, at least. No, she yeah. had to sneak through the woods. Oh, yeah, that's right. So she probably didn't drive, huh? The scene at the graveyard reveals to us that Sam still doesn't have a holster. <laughs> which is just very upsetting to me. It's got to be easier just to have one, right? Absolutely. <laughs> For how often or at least guns. a Yeah, at least a pocket of holding inside his jacket. Yeah, something. But that's when we get the slick headshot by Sam. Just, you know, give him the silver bullet one last try. <laughs> I was so excited because I think in the first episode of the season i was talking about how i wish john would have just made the shot and just saw what happened um and sam finally just did it just you know what 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 hurts at this point what does it hurt just trying to take a shot <laughs> it was a really cool effect too whenever he shot her in the head and like the wound starts to grow beyond that mm. um so you could see that silver had an effect but not enough what really made it for me was the pause of either genuine or acted out indecisiveness 
because she she was saying like oh like don't kill me i'm i'm alive i'm fine whatever (laughs) there was like a two second pause and then he shot her it was perfect (laughs) almost like comedic timing but it wasn't funny like (laughs) but he was bait right and he runs back to the grave and uh trips over (laughs) or he gets tackled by her (laughs) um but then dean shoots her into the grave and does a bad (laughs) butt slide straight into it and stakes her back into that grave bed do you think he did this own stunt himself he did he yeah yeah, he absolutely did okay (laughs) yes that was awesome it was so cool and that was a really cool stake too like had a handle and it just looked awesome (laughs) i thought it was interesting not not from uh not from their perspective but for the show that this was obviously a zombie and something that needed to die, but much like vampires, like she looks like a human. And up until he killed her, she was begging for her life. And it was just like almost like you almost felt bad, but there was there was a, you're able to remember that she's a zombie and needed to die. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then as we're leaving the cemetery, uh, Sam says that I think she broke my hand. Well, here's a fun fact for you guys. So Jared actually broke his hand while filming Bloodlust. Oh. And he thought it was just sprained at first. And then while filming this episode, uh, they found out that it was actually broken. <laughs> um, so they inserted this line to then uh, cover up for the cast that you will see on his hand in the next few episodes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Did it say how he broke it? Like in what scene or what he was doing? Oh, when he was attacked in the hotel room during that scene. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I don't know. That's just like one of those things they could easily have just like not have him like hit or like, you know, had the hand hidden most of the, most of the time. Like, Oh no, Bruce! Yeah. He had to get surgery. Oh, it was like that bad. It's not like uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not no. like a, he's not wearing a brace. When, no, when I was when I say a few episodes, I mean like multiple episodes. Oh, he will okay. have this cast. So that's why they did it. They're like, yeah, this is not going away. <laughs> there was there was no hiding it. Then we get to our final scene of the episode where uh, they're driving, and Dean just decides it's time to pull over and spill out his guts. And uh, Bruce, I couldn't remember if it happened or not, but I really, really thought that you were about to nail a prediction. <laughs> you said that Dean was going to tell Sam <laughs> what their father said to him in episode four, and I thought it was going to go down. But, so uh, close. Unfortunately, it didn't. It just ends up telling him that, uh, um, that he figured it out, that he's pretty sure their father traded himself so that Dean could live. And um, that he feels like he was dead and he should have stayed dead. And then we get the single perfect tear. Yeah, single man tear. I was watching for it. So that, that was a good cry. He was like, you could, it was welling up mm-hmm. even. Like, and we go to credits. <laughs> <laughs> there was a good line in there. And after he like spilled everything out, um, he basically says like, okay, now that I've told you this, what do you say to make it better? And I, I love that line. And uh, Sam just kind of does this like nod because there is nothing he can say. Um, 
but at the same time him being just being there is what Dean needed I think that line uh is kind of what sold it for me for why Dean has been holding back so much like he talked about in bloodlust how he has to stay strong for Sam um which you kind of get but it it also doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we're talking about like your dad dying you guys are orphans now um there's you should be able to share more than what you are um is it considered but, orphans? Isn't it? In adulthood. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I know what They're you mean. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there an age where you stop being an orphan? Well, I would say adulthood. <laughs> I, I, I think you're just, you're just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're just two guys without parents. <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense coming from Dean where... He just doesn't feel like there's anything Sam can do about the way he's feeling. Yeah, it, it's almost annoying sometimes where like it's that that masculine trope of like, oh, I, I don't want to discuss my feelings. But then like exactly like you said, though, like this is why there's there's nothing to do about it. But as I'm sure Bruce probably has some training that talks about why you still need to do it, why you still got to let that out. Um. So I'm glad I'm glad Dean did. I'm glad Dean opened himself up. So this scene, so it was two or three times throughout the episode he said, What is dead should stay dead. And then this scene is him confirming that he put together what happened to their dad. And therefore, Dean was dead and should have stayed dead. So until this scene, I thought we had a case of dramatic irony. Bruce. Do you know what dramatic irony is? I can probably take a guess, but I would like you to explain it to me because I love your explanations. Thanks. Well, I'm just going to read this from TV tropes. So <laughs> some tropes ensure the audience is never quite as well informed of the truth as the characters are. Dramatic irony turns this on its head, letting the audience see the whole picture when the protagonist is kept in the dark. So we knew Dean basically died, but Dean woke up with no memory of it. So we knew Dean was dead. Um, and then throughout this episode, he kept saying, what is dead should stay dead. And I thought he was unknowingly saying that. But then at the end of the episode, he confirms like, no, I, I knew. So I thought that was really interesting how they they managed to have dramatic irony that then turns out to not be dramatic irony. Reviews? Reviews. <laughs> I give this episode nine zombies out of ten. Whoa. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, it's that is up. not what I expected. Really? It's not what I have either. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So I like the monster. I like the mystery. And I like the conflict between the boys. And there were just a few elements throughout that kind of graded me the wrong way. And one of them was initially Sam and, and him being on Dean's case. It's one of those things where like the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. But like just from a in the moment entertainment value, it wasn't that fun. So nine zombies out of ten. I uh, <clears throat> I gave this five and a half out of ten lady zombies. Wow. Um, 
So uh, not did not have the same reaction as you, Craig. Um, I thought this episode had a lot of potential. Um, a lot of cool storylines, uh, especially the best friend um, becoming friend zoned. Um, you know, what's he going to do with that? You know, he just ends up being killed. Um, the dad knowing that, you know, she was technically alive. Um, that went nowhere. We talk about how Dean doesn't want to go over by the mom's gravestone, but we don't address it any further than that. Um, just a lot of cool ideas, but not a whole lot happening. Um, I felt like the acting was a little off this episode. Um, I know it was a little bit intentional, but Sam was just over the top a lot of the ep- episodes. And then like the transitions from like, especially from Dean being finding the empty casket to like super mad at dad. Um, it, I just I needed something in the middle to transition to that because it just felt it just didn't feel genuine. Uh, maybe it was just where I was watching the episode, but it's just it didn't feel like the season finale last you know season. It, it just it felt off. So um, I'm going to give this five and a half out of ten Lady Zombies. Woof. Uh, Bruce, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little closer to your score. Um, <sighs> I give this one a six and a half out of ten um, for a, a lot of the same reasons. <laughs> Uh, Greg just walked out. I think he quit the podcast. <laughs> oh, what's up, Greg? Hey, uh, yeah, Bruce. A lot for a lot of the same reasons. Like uh, we mentioned earlier, there's some kind of creepy undertones when you really dug into the relationship between Neil and Angela, which was weird. And the acting from our guest stars was kind of a little subpar, especially for what we've gotten so far this season. Um, like last episode, we had Sterling Kate Brown who knocked it out of the park, and now we get um just some people who did okay um and bruce i have the exact same complaint about uh seeing that transition in dean's anger all of a sudden like i know the purpose behind it and i know that it was done so that we could kind of be surprised by ha we actually researched this greek stuff and we caught you gotcha old man but I think it would have been better if we actually had that scene with them at the library um, that they said they went to and researching it. And we see Dean like slowly get ang- angrier and build to this point where he wants to bust in this guy's house and just beat him up. And I also don't like that we return to this well again of, oh, it's the dad. No, it's not. Oh, uh, yeah. They did that in Hookman. Yep. <laughs> Six and a half out of ten. Well, I mean, you guys are just wrong. So, <laughs> Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 2, Episode 5, Simon Said. Sam and Dean meet Andy, a slacker who has psychic powers of persuasion that he uses to gain favors from people. Sam and him are definitely going to be buddies over their psychic powers. Buddies. And Dean's going to be a little bit jealous. <laughs> this episode, uh, like a, a lot of our, like... Uh, less story intensive episodes um didn't give us a whole lot to predict on um but i'm gonna focus on the uh mom's headstone i think it's going to be brought up a lot more um so i'm predicting that we will see mom's spirit once at least in this season um also i 
I don't know when we're going to find out what dad said. <laughs> I, I, I'm going mid-season. Mid-se- I, I don't know. Episode 11. Yeah. <laughs> episode 11. Okay. Wait, episode 10 or 11, because I I don't think they divide it equally in half. So, um, Bruce, do you think this new character's psychic powers are related to the yellow-eyed demon? No. Okay. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at naturalfriendspodcast and Twitter at natfriendspod. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thanks for joining us. We are Natural Natural Friends. 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 But like using using faith as an example, if if he was f-ing around with a reaper, that was a big word. <laughs> 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 <laughs>